coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzed on Movies. I'm Teddy. I'm Matt. And we're in week three of quarantine movies now. Uh, Ooh, quarantine movies. That's Is that what we're calling it? Sure. <laughs> it's going to change every week, I'm sure. Um, but yes, we are still in quarantine. Um, as always, movie theaters are closed. We're at home. We're trying to bring you any sort of interesting movie entertainment we can come up with. Um, and for now, at least that is that continuing of the Halloween series this week, covering Halloween four and Halloween five. That's a good, yeah, I'm excited. Yes. Both the return and the revenge of Michael Myers. Uh, very important distinction there. <laughs> I have to go. In, in one, he gets his return, and the other, he gets his revenge. Well, you know, we can ask questions about whether or not he returns or gets his revenge. We can, you know, we can we can ask questions. It's really unclear what he needs to get revenge for. Considering I really have like... no idea. Not none <laughs> whatsoever. I don't He's... know what the revenge is about. <laughs> He's been wronged so many times. Like, he needs to get his revenge. He's been, uh, I mean, he has committed the wrongs every time. So anytime he's been quote unquote wronged, it's just because he's a murderer. So. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, in the meantime, before we get to the Halloween stuff, let, let's do a little short wrap up of what else we've had going on recently. All right. Um, the answer is not much. Not much. Uh, <laughs> there, There isn't a lot of movie news these days other than things getting pushed forward. Um Pretty much everything's going to be playing in the fall now or next year. I think like Sony moved all of their movies to next year. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a really weird time, even when this all s finishes up. You know, like the release schedule is going to be crazy. Yeah. Uh, basically, yeah, the summer summer blockbusters are all gone. You know, like yeah. Are Absolutely. there? I don't think there's any left that are even scheduled to come out this summer, but yeah, there we're not we're not anticipating a return to the theaters anytime soon, judging on what the companies are doing. No, but uh, we have been watching some movies at home. Myself, I watched uh, Hellraiser two last night. Ooh. Which, yeah, a very very spooky and dark movie. Um, very hellish, as you would expect. And um, sort of, you know, sums up the feelings of what we're all going through right now, in a way. Uh, oh, we are all uh, in the pain dark. dimension right now. We are in the pain dimension. That's true. Yeah. That's a bleak one. I wouldn't watch <laughs> Hellraiser 2 right now. But that's okay. That's that's me. You know, not you. <laughs> I am who I am. I, yeah. I know the movies that I, I've picked for this time. Um, I've also watched the <laughs> Cabin Fever remake, which wasn't <laughs> wasn't my initial plan. Um, I was looking for the original Cabin Fever, and instead I got the remake, and I just decided to watch it. And I wouldn't recommend it, <laughs> quite frankly. That's the originals, it's way better. This is basically just Cabin Fever without all the humor and the visual prowess of Eli Roth. So 
yeah, not a lot going on there. That's too bad. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, it was your choice to watch it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I take full responsibility. I feel like we all could have known that the Cabin Hoover remake was not going to be like well endeavor, but you did. So I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, I'll take my lumps on this one. Yeah, that's fine. Um, in terms of things I've been watching, I don't know. It's sort of been like all over the place. Um, I had a day where I just like watched like movie musicals. That was fun. Um, that was genuinely uplifting, except for the one that was about a pandemic. Um, oh, well, I'm talking about Rent, and I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, That's true. Uh, yeah. Um, and um, I watched uh, The Hunt. I did watch that. That was a new movie that I've seen. Um, I paid the however much money you have to pay to watch The Hunt on Amazon Cinema. And Is it like 20 bucks? It's 20 bucks, yeah. I didn't want to say it out loud, so thank you. <laughs> um, it was... just, just to be clear, you paid $20 to watch The Hunt at home. It was like, okay, so first of all, I would pay like 16 or $17 to see it in theaters here if right. I didn't see it through the A-list. So that's really not a big deal. Um, now that said, seeing it in a cinema offers a bigger, better picture and better sound, but you know, whatever. And so, uh, I think that it was fine. It was literally, it was just fine. I cannot believe this movie was so controversial. I like, <laughs> I was watching it and I was like, it's like crazy that this movie was deemed and especially that it was controversial among conservative groups i feel like, like this, is the, this is the best that a conservative group has looked in a while so it's usually the well, case with these things though yeah like, remember when the interview came out and it was just like ah, like that was funny i guess it wasn't like yeah. shocking or anything it, I, yeah no yeah i feel like it just it I mean, even in terms of like, you know, there was like the gun, the gun violence thing was a concern apparently, but like this, uh, I gotta tell you the worst scenes of this movie d weren't about gun violence. So I don't think that matters. Um, <laughs> I mean, there was gun violence. People to were shot clear. and were killed via gun, but like that happens in like your average James Bond movie. And I'm pretty sure nobody would have expected a James Bond movie to be canceled or postponed. Right. in the wake of any gun like you know like that just would not have happened like gun violence happens in like every action movie right now that's normal yeah so i i guess like to me it was just like this is no no worse than your average action movie and i and i would have been i think it's because it was like about hunting people whatever and then like it's there like was the, purge like, the, is the, the conservative thing, backlash but like just really like the conservatives were like, if anything, they were the hero. That's not necessarily the case, but like, like really there was no hero, but like, they were definitely not like, you weren't supposed to be rooting for the people to kill them at any point. Even when they were like blatantly racist, you weren't like, you weren't rooting for them. And let's be clear. The conservatives were blatantly racist at many points of this movie. And you still weren't necessarily like you were like, well, but like, maybe you still shouldn't be locked in a field and hunted. So like, yeah. I, like, <laughs> I just don't know if that's the way to deal with it. Um, so like, I don't know. Like it was, it was a weird movie and it was weird that it created the backlash it did. Cause it seemed like, pr like, 
pretty tame. I was like, this is not like, it wasn't like you were like, Oh, you found out somebody voted for Mitt Romney. And so they were treated like they were in hostile too. Like <laughs> that could have been like, well, maybe not like, but like, this was like, Oh, you found out somebody like, I don't know, thinks that there are crisis actors who pretend to be immigrants who are being deported for no reason. And then they <laughs> die. Like, it's like, well, like maybe that's like, I don't know. Like <laughs> there's a, I don't know. There's just like, it's more complicated here. And I, I don't know. It was, I have different feelings. Let's say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was just like, hmm, okay. Um, there were, I mean, it was like, it was kind of funny because there was a lot of like, you got a lot of buzzwords. Like there'd be like one Republican who's like, they're all crisis actors. And yes, they did all have Southern accents and they were all like, like most of the, the scary Republicans either had Southern accents were like, like there was a woman who had like a mullet and mom jeans. And I was like, what the fuck? It's 2020. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's not 1999 anymore. Like, like, oh, this yeah. isn't even happening in Arkansas. Nobody looks like that. Like, I don't know. Like, so like there were moments where it was like, this is ridiculous. But like, it wasn't like, like you still like, even her, I don't think she said any, anything blatantly like So like when she died, it was like, well, she just kind of looked silly, but that's, she probably didn't need to die. Like, <laughs> so it was like, I don't know. Like you didn't, but any, I, I don't know. You weren't like rooting against except when they were blatantly terrible like there was like kevin Federline republican where it was like well maybe like he could <laughs> um but like and he actually that was sturgill simpson so then you were kind of like well that's sturgill simpson so oh maybe i kind of do a little bit but like, i'm excited <laughs> by sturgill simpson's acting career playing uh the racist rednecks <laughs> he played um well because he played a, a racist cop in uh queen and slim last year but he was like sort of like he didn't really say anything like hardcore Republican. You just kind of knew he was like he was like maybe like a Florida Republican. Like <laughs> like but like a Florida like you know the type. No, 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 like he okay, like there were like it definitely like branded the different types of Republicans here and it like did it hardcore like there was like the woman in mom jeans who was like supposed to be like your your arkansas bible belt republican mom but like, jeans republicans but like your boondocks mom, mom jeans republican not like <laughs> like she didn't like take hardcore care like she wasn't like from like the bible belt and like did her hair up in a nice way you know like she wasn't that kind of southern republican she was like out in like she like might live in the bio like um <laughs> and then there like sturgill simpson was like might be like a a hotel living republican like he like bounces around from like motel to motel like like the florida project kind of character oh, okay like okay. like that's the kind of person he was and you know those people who would sort of like why are you a republican republican policies actively hurt you but okay um you know, like that's who his character was. And so, but like it like ran, it ran the gamut of like every type of like Republican. Like there was like, like Ike Barinholtz was like definitely like your like quote unquote educated Republican. Um, As if there is such a thing. I mean, like I say that loosely because like he wasn't, none of these people had much of a character, but like he was clearly supposed to be that kind of character. 
I will say like 90% of the characters in this movie die before the halfway mark. And then you're left with like two characters. So, oh, geez. you know, huh. just, yeah, it's like, there's a lot of death, like very early on. And so you think this movie is going to be really fun and like campy because like all of the deaths are really fun and ridiculous. Um, and then it just kind of gets boring because then it's like, oh, we're not going to introduce more people. So, and I'm like, oh, so you've given us the fun stuff. And now we're just, you think it's a character movie, but like, it's definitely not. Um, uh, and to be clear, it does like lampoon the Democrat characters too, in a lot of ways. They're all just as embarrassing and terrible. So everybody's terrible. I don't know. Like, I, it's crazy that this movie caused such a stir because it was like, it just like thinks everybody sucks. It might think this one Republican character sucks less than others. I will say that. Um, but you might, she might also not be a Republican. So that's how I'll leave that. Ooh. They might be mistaken on whether or not she's a Republican is all I'll say. They might be crisis <laughs> actors. No, not quite. Um, all right. But. Well, I'm, I'm definitely interested in checking it out. Uh, it's worth seeing. I think you should I see think it. it'll be interesting, especially... I like it, seeing movies that try to be political, even if they fail. So it's like kind of fun. Right. It's like the Purge movies, you know, yeah. like they're not always the best, but they're interesting. And, and they're trying. Really the, I yeah. appreciate when a movie tries, especially when it's a horror movie. Right. Yeah. That's that's always especially interesting. Um, So I think we can go ahead and head into Halloween, Um, back into the Halloween zone. Back into Halloween Town. The Hall- oh, this is Halloween. I Halloween Town. I like that. Now I just have that like the DVD credit song from the Halloween Town DVD stuck in my head. <laughs> Halloween Town. Um, it's a good song. I don't I, think that's from anything <laughs> that I've ever. Heard. That's that's it, right? Uh, <laughs> it seems to be floating into my brain from twenty years ago. Um, so yeah, that aside. How long do you think we should spend on each one of these movies? Half an hour? You think? We want to do drinking along again? Yeah. Do we, okay. Do we want to, first of all, are we going to try to divide it like by movie? Like clearly delineate? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. Okay. Okay. Half an hour each one. Um, And if you want to play along at home, you're welcome to drink along with us. And with the added fun, if you want to take a drink every time we say Michael or Michael Myers, Things are going to get fun. Yeah, do it. Are we doing that? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> I don't know if we want to do that. Uh, <laughs> might make it difficult to get a sentence out, but if you, you, you're you free to do it when the other guy is saying it. Um, so uh, let's kick things off with a shot here. All right. I'm in. Shots ready? Uh, Not yet. Hold on. <laughs> I have to actually pour the shot, Teddy. Okay. All magically right. have a shot in hand. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry that you just always have a shot in hand i'm like, sorry i prepared better than you did uh, what am i gonna say you're gonna say sorry <laughs> i am sorry i'm truly <laughs> sorry Matt. i'm putting you on the spot here i know yeah i had no idea this was coming um so all right let's do it all right to halloween to michael oh And go. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. It is set 10 years after the first installment, therefore in 19, 1988. Uh, great year, by the way. Um, 
and up. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first. It's the first movie since Halloween three, which, um, as we discussed earlier, is in a completely different world, completely different story. So really, uh, it's picking up where Halloween two left off, um, and therefore, I believe this is the first uh, movie in the Michael Myers saga that is set in the 80s because the first two are set in 1978. Yeah, they're so um we pick up 10 years on Michael Myers has been in a coma for 10 years apparently um which <laughs> what is very normal. Oh yes, very normal indeed. Uh given that we saw him like explode in the last one like literally an entire room full of explosive chemicals was lit on fire. Um, (laughs) But apparently like, it seems like that did more damage to Dr. Loomis than it did to Michael. Like not only so like you'd assume that he'd be severely burned from this. And obviously he was in a coma for 10 years. Um, And you see that Dr. Loomis has like horrible burns on his face and on his hands, but, and he has like a really bad limp. Um, but once Michael gets out of his coma, not only does he move just like totally normally, but also like you can see him with his mask off at one point and his face is just totally fine. Listen, Michael is inhuman. So (laughs) that's the thing to keep in mind here. Whereas Dr. Loomis is, uh, well, Dr. Loomis is very much human and also completely unhinged. So. <laughs> yes, Dr. Loomis has well we already mentioned that he was a little unhinged in Halloween 2. Uh he is fully deranged in this one. <laughs> well, I, uh, and that's funny that we're saying that because I think even like from 4 to 5 there's a big like 5 he is like I'm like something's wrong with you and we'll get to that soon. Oh yeah. But like, five, 5 is he is just off off the reservation entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh at the beginning of this movie they're making a prisoner transfer from one sanitarium oh God, to the I other that it was the prisoner transfer which is always a great uh a great moment in any sort of uh movie where you've got like an evil villain oh we're transferring him to another prison i hope nothing goes wrong um and the the paramedics in the uh, I guess they're paramedics or guards. They they are like am- it is an ambulance, so I think they're paramedics. They're but... in an ambulance, but like they show up and like seem to like I don't know, like they seem to be a little not to say that like paramedics are like lower on like the totem pole, but like they were like they seem to have like a great deal of authority. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um. So they're uh, they're talking about uh, Michael and like how Laurie Strode died in a car accident before. but Which, she by had... the way, is the fucking most bullshit thing a franchise <laughs> could ever do. Oh, yes. Our lead from the previous two movies just died off screen. You know, the one who... In a car just... accident. <laughs> was it related to Final Destination? Like, if not, then it's not interesting. It like... seems like it. Well, since Michael Myers is the embodiment of fate... He is kind of like the villain of Final Destination in a way. Right. So like she escaped death and so now the car had to get her. Um, of course. 
we'd have to see her final destination style accident happen where like some completely random event like a, a coin rolls across the street somebody bends down to pick it up and then they get hit by a car and then another car swerves and hits laurie strode uh, yeah that must have been yeah. happened and somehow that her was daughter wasn't in the car what happened so anyway they're talking about this and M- michael finds out that she had a daughter and therefore, like, he still has a living relative, which is apparently, the, like, <laughs> that's his main motivation at this point, is to eliminate all living relatives. So he instantly comes out of the coma <laughs> as, soon, as soon as he hears that he has a knee. And, of course, kills everybody in this ambulance. Um, and <laughs> then he escapes... Uh, and he goes to a um, a mechanics and kills yeah. a mechanic for his clothes. Which, yes. like, so we've talked before on here about how Michael Myers hates dogs, right? He's always yeah. killing dogs in this movie. I think Michael Myers also hates mechanics. He does. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is the second time that he's killed a mechanic just to get clothes. And it's like, well, first of all, you don't always have to wear mechanics coveralls. Like, I know that's part of the look, but you don't have to. Um, I also think it's worth pointing out that even when Michael Myers isn't killing mechanics, like Halloween 3 heavily featured horror at a mechanics. Yes! Like- <laughs> there are mechanics in there, too. There has to be a mechanic in every Halloween movie. The poor mechanics. Like, that, that mechanic in Halloween 3 went through a lot because he first yeah. had to bring bring that one guy to the hospital and then had to deal with another guy just going insane in his mechanics uh, office, I guess. Where, to be uh, fair, the, the guy going insane in his mechanics office probably also witnessed some kids having their faces melted in, but yeah. Um, <laughs> that too. That so, probably happened. Not but. a great day for him at all. Um, so yeah, he kills the mechanic for his clothes and meanwhile... Uh, Dr. Loomis has found out about this accident, goes down to investigate the scene of the crime, you know, like psychiatrists do. Uh, Dr. Loomis, like, acts like he's a fucking detective or cop at, like, all time. They'll be like, oh, we're calling the police, and Dr. Loomis shows up, and everybody's like, yeah, that's normal. And I'm like, God, fuck that! Fuck that. Every, <laughs> time, every time he takes out his gun, I'm just like, oh my god. I know. This is a psychiatrist just walking around with a gun at all times. I gotta say, if I ever saw my psychiatrist without a gun, I'd be like, I'm afraid. Like, (laughs) this is severely concerning. Um, And, like, it's kind of clear that his coworkers kind of treat him as a bit of a kook. Um, Although, to be fair, like all of his worst fears have been realized at this point. Like, yes. So a lot of what he has to say is true. Like he's like, oh, Michael Myers is like the true embodiment of evil. And it's like, well, that turned out to be not a lie. So <laughs> I don't. He is um, indeed doing that. And there's just so, like a lot of will like instinctively trust him. They'll be like, oh, like, yeah, you're Loomis. We should trust you. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you can't just listen to what he says. He's a therapist. He's not, like, a detective. Like, he doesn't know if there's a murderer around. Like, 
It's wild. But anyway, so he goes to the scene of this ambulance accident. The ambulance is actually like in the water upside down. And he like wades in to look around at it and finds out that Michael's not there. And he's like, he's, he's the only one who's convinced that Michael got away from it. Cause everyone obviously thinks like he died in the crash. Okay. His in his, in away. Loomis's defense, ridiculous to assume Michael didn't get away. <laughs> of course. This is a man who, you know, got shot like six times and fell from the second story of a building. And then he got set on fire and still survived all that. So, like, thinking that, like, he, sur- assuming that he survived the flipping of an ambul- ambulance, we clearly something terrible happened that wasn't just the ambulance flipped. Like, yeah, that. It, seem- it seems pretty likely that Loomis is right on this one. But, so he. I get. I don't know how he finds out that Michael's at the mechanics, but like maybe he just. I think knows. he just follows the main road. Yeah, I, like I, I feel like he's got like a sixth sense that like Michael. Oh, like he always goes to the mechanics there, next. So like we yeah, got. There might be like a thing with like the license plates and the cars or something. I can't remember. There's something weird going on. I, I don't know, but. He gets there. He gets to the place where Michael definitely is. (laughs) Yeah. And he shows up while Michael is still on the scene, which is like, it's kind of a surprising moment here because it's like, um, you don't expect Loomis to run into Michael this early in the film. Right. He's just like right there. Like he's looking at the dead mechanic and he looks over and Michael's just like down the hallway there. Yeah. It's like, and he's he's trying to like convince him to stop, which like obviously that's not going to have any effect. Yeah, but it's not his last time trying to reason with Michael either. But oddly, like Michael doesn't attack him; he just sort of like runs off. I guess like he he's clearly got some sort of thing against actively trying to kill Doctor Loomis. He does this sometimes. That's like a Michael thing, like. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, when when Michael when Michael drives out, he he steals a tow truck, crashes into Doctor Loomis's car, destroying it, and then uh, Doctor Loomis has to uh, like hitch a ride into town. God, <laughs> which is like a whole nightmare. The, yeah. Well, so first of all, there's the the part where like a bunch of cheerleaders and like jocks drive by, and they're like acting like they're gonna give him a ride. <laughs> god and they like and then they drive off at the last second it's like he's like the loser character in some sort of like 80s comedy to be fair he like kind of (laughs) is it's a weird moment but then he gets a ride from that crazy priest guy yes (laughs) yes i like that guy this is also Completely irrelevant, but this is a movie where somebody's at one point wearing a fighting Illinois sweater underneath <laughs> a blazer. So this is like the the one where it's like, oh, there are like jocks and like the the losers. Like we had to mention that. Yes, <laughs> so I, I do like when actual like colleges show up in these movies. Yeah, like my 
favorite one of my favorite opening lines of any horror film ever is when uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 starts with hook'em horns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Um I mean it would. Um so anyway, like he gets a ride from this crazy priest guy. Um and they're they're sort of like talking about fate and stuff like that. And like they they have a drink together in the car. <laughs> I, I'm feeling oh, like it's like a Jesus man driving the car. He's like a hardcore Christian, just like drinking straight from like a bottle of Jack or something. And it's like, <laughs> well, you're driving the truck, but you do it, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's he's like a kindred spirit. Very and much. Loomis is like not concerned. And like the reverend guy, the crazy priest who's drunk is just like, oh, you're chasing it too. the evil, the end of the world. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> that's right. exactly what's happening. That's like so oddly, weird. Oddly enough, that is what I'm doing, but I don't think you mean the same thing. All right, right. Like um, I don't think you mean like this human, but like that's fine. <laughs> meanwhile, we're also getting some coverage of Jamie, who's Michael Myers' niece, and um, she's living with her foster family. And um, their daughter, who's like, of course, high school age, because there always has to be a high school age girl in these movies. Yes. Um, th there's some th there's one great line I loved in the uh, in the scene where like this whole family is introduced um, when uh, the the daughter, uh, Rachel, it says that like she doesn't want to eat breakfast because she's on a diet. <laughs> she says, do you want an oinker for a daughter? Oh, yeah. I love that. It's this com completely ridiculous moment where she's like, do you want an oinker for a daughter? And it's not like somebody offered her like a massive breakfast burrito or anything like and it was just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's clearly she's clearly like really self-conscious or something um that people... plays out multiple times in the movie though yes. i think there's like a weird like recurring theme it doesn't flesh it out fully but like it keeps coming up yes yeah um like these these scenes in like haddonfield with rachel and jamie like there's a lot of fun lines there yeah like i don't know it doesn't feel like the same writing at all from halloween one and two but i feel like they're still trying to like make things interesting try to like actually make these feel like real characters even as like weird and quirky as they are i mean weird and quirky would be one th that would be good that, i mean they do i do think they're trying to make them feel like real characters and i think i think rachel mostly does I think Rachel's effective. I like her. Yeah, she's interesting. She's no Laurie Strode, but she's got like a similar kind of vibe. Um, but uh, uh, like another, so uh, they're like getting ready for school in the morning. Jamie goes to school and like the kids there are absolutely tormenting her. Yeah, and cause... they do not feel like real characters. <laughs> they, um, what, they're like, Jamie's an orphan. Jamie's an orphan. I'm like, what the fuck kind of bully taunt is that? Who bullies somebody for that? 
like they were like saying your uncle's the boogeyman again and again yeah like oh my god it feels very similar to the bullying in halloween one it is i mean it's clearly meant to be a a, yeah a callback to that right but like no child i mean and i do believe that bullying was different in the 80s than it is now like Yes, I think even growing up in like the 90s and 2000s, nobody would ever make fun of you for just being an orphan. And maybe there was a time where that was the case. I don't think 88 that was the case. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty over the top. I, I've seen some bullying in my time, but this is, this is some next level shit. It was um, bad. <laughs> it's very bad. So there's this, uh, like, this big thing going on through here where um the babysitter for jamie canceled so now rachel has to babysit this night and it's halloween night so she was planning on going out with her boyfriend but can't now and like she's like really upset about it but she takes jamie out to get a halloween costume and they're gonna still try to have some fun but at the costume store guess who shows up michael Myers, of course. What else would you expect? So I like I don't know how he gets into the costume store without anyone like recognizing him or knowing, yeah. or knowing what's going on. I guess he is wearing like face bandages at this point still. Um, but like, and it's like Halloween. Yeah, it's still he's still pretty shifty looking. He just shows up in the costume store, and he gets a new mask here. He gets the classic Michael Myers mask. The classic Michael Myers mask, which is looking almost its worst in this movie. It's yeah. not. It's not fun. It's not cute. This I will was, say it, Halloween Five is pretty bad though. Halloween yeah. Five might be the worst the masks in these two movies i don't even know how to describe it but they look so bad um just like really flat and featureless and like just completely without like just like weirdly round as well like it just doesn't look like a person's face like it does no it doesn't first two like the masks in the first two are obviously pretty consistent but i don't know why in these two movies, they couldn't get the mask right of all the damn things. Like in the first, it's literally a William Shatner mask painted with white paint. Yeah. It should be the easiest thing in the world to replicate, especially considering they did it in 1978 with like a shoestring budget. They should be able to do it later with like more, more financial support. And it's literally yeah. the most important prop in the movie. Right. So you think you think they get it right, but it looks pretty goofy. Anyway, so he gets this mask, um, and of course, Jamie runs into him uh, alone in this store while... Um, Trying on a clown costume yes. that is highly reminiscent of <laughs> yeah. his own clown costume. <laughs> it's basically the same clown costume that we see Michael wearing in the opening scene to Halloween 1 where he murders his sister. And so obviously we're getting some foreshadowing here that like Jamie might go down the same path as Michael. Right. And she, so she gets, it's this weird moment where she runs into them, runs into him at the store 
and like sort of sees him standing where like a right like in front of a mirror so it's like she would be looking there but instead of seeing her reflection she sees michael standing right in front of her right and it's yeah it's it's that that is a good that one of the better moments in this movie i think um, i thought it was good i think it's fine as strange as strange as the way they set it up is i think it's kind of cool it's still like there's a like a lot of questions of how he got into this back corner of the store without anyone noticing but you know whatever um she like loses it obviously because she's seeing her like terrifying like murder murder uncle um <laughs> who she like knows like her murder uncle by the way which is like <laughs> upsetting <laughs> yeah isn't it like she's very young so obviously michael has been in jail her entire life and also in this coma apparently um but she recognizes him immediately yeah and she she knows the costume as well and it's like how have you let this child get exposed to this i guess yeah and it's not even like in the age of the internet where it's like this no. is just inevitable like <laughs> how did she just learn um but yeah, i get there is it like a feeling uh, in both this movie and the next one that Michael Myers is like very notorious, which is understandable. And that like his whole outfit is very iconic and people. Oh yeah. I think Michael would be, um, I think Michael would be nationally, if not internationally infamous by this point, like just the murder spree that he went on on Halloween night. Yeah. I mean, that was like what? Like, what's the body count there? It's like 15. Like, I think they said 16. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, enough to be, and not with a gun, like with like a knife and various other instruments that are not like quick, like, you know, these like horribly painful deaths. Mm -hmm. That's All in one night. Yeah. Like, that would be, especially like 10 years later, that would be like, the sort of event of legends like people would be talking about that left and right all the time it makes it makes sense in a way but I, obviously i mean maybe the other kids sort of like told her about it or something right but she knows and um because uh rachel can't go out with her boyfriend anymore the boyfriend apparently picks up another girl <laughs> Yeah, which is like and, a whole thing. Yeah. And then like when when Rachel and Jamie are out trick or treating, they end up at her uh like this other girl's house and then the boyfriend is there. Yes. <laughs> that was yeah. a super awkward moment. It's really awkward. The girl is like the daughter of the sheriff and like she's wearing a shirt that says cops do it by the book, which is already like <laughs> just like all right. And she's like Oh, hey, Rachel, through the door while she's wearing this shirt that says cops do it by the book, which is like an extra large minstrel on top of the no pants she's wearing. Yeah. She's handing out candy to children in this. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what do you think is normal? Because this isn't it. Like, this is not how you give candy to children. Um, and then, like, Brady, who is Rachel's boyfriend, is, like, in the background, like, oh, Rachel, let me explain. And it's like, I think it's clear, actually. I think <laughs> it's very clear what's going on here. And it's that you suck. You had one fight and couldn't hang out with her without, 
couldn't hang out with her for one night. So you went and slept with another girl who like thinks that it's okay to give out candy to children with no pants on in an extra large t-shirt. And like, also, like he apparently had this girl on call, like ready to go at yeah. like, less than a day's notice. Like literally the same night. It's the same night. Like, <laughs> pretty scummy. What? Like what? Like he sucks. They all suck. Um, and we find out later she sucks because she's like, wise up to what men want, Rachel, or else you'll be dealing with this a lot. And it's like, what the? <laughs> That's what she says to Rachel at one point when they're in the house locked in together for whatever reason. Men uh, want you to never take care of your little sister and to always, always go out with them no matter what responsibilities you have. To yeah. Do. <laughs> That's why I think that, like there's like a lot of like weird insecurity. Like Rachel, like... So, like, there's Rachel hearing that from this girl. There's also the part where Rachel's like, well, I don't want to come on too strong. Guys hate it when a girl comes on too strong. And, like, she says things like this, like, all the time. Like, she spends a lot of this movie being worried about, like, what Brady wants and what Brady will think and whether or not she's being too aggressive. And it's like, well, really, does it matter? Because he, like, sucks. Like, no matter (laughs) what you're doing, he's, he's a piece of shit. So, um. I think by the end she's learned that because like every man who was meant to protect her fails. So, um, you know, maybe she gets it, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe. Um, And like at this point in the movie, there's a bunch of things going on. Michael causes a blackout in the city by like throwing some guy onto the wires at a electrical station yeah, it's a substation. He just like throws a guy onto it and the whole city <laughs> blacks out. That's how that works. So it's it's probably fine. You know, da- um, maybe, maybe. I don't know. It actually um, would be for like a small town. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, Dr. Loomis warns the sheriff department that Michael's coming to town and they try to um, try to like take action. But Michael kills like all the cops. Yeah, and, like, we need to talk about the cop situation. Like, it's fucking hilarious. Michael kills... Michael single-handedly decimates an entire police force. Just like Haddonfield's finest is no more. (laughs) It's, like, it's not funny, because that's horrible. But, like, they walk in, it's just, like, dead. Like, everything's dead. There's blood everywhere. And I'm like, what?! How? How was this bot? Like, Michael doesn't fight with, like, he's not Freddy Krueger. He's not Leatherface with a chainsaw. He uses a butcher knife. He uses a chef's knife. You all have guns. Like, yeah. How did this happen? Maybe this explains the cop situation in the next movie. Well, I, we will talk. We will wait till part five to talk about the cop situation in part five because we'll get to that. That is a whole other thing. Um, so again, like as always, at this point, people are just like running around trying to catch Michael Myers, and they're so freaked out that they make a bunch of mistakes. Like, um, there's a scene. I think Loomis is here, and the sheriff is here. They almost shoot some guy wearing a Michael Myers mask. No, this is actually a good moment that I want to talk about. Okay, so they. So what happens is. At one point, it's while Rachel and Jamie are trick-or-treating and Rachel has just seen Brady with this other girl and Rachel wants to, like, yell at Brady. So she's, like, trying to talk to him. But Rachel 
or Jamie has just befriended the kids who asked her to like trick or treat with them. And you see that a couple of them are the same kids who were the bullies from earlier. So like you immediately know, like if they want her to trick or treat, she's going to say yes. Like it makes sense. Like she's like, oh, I'm not being bullied by these kids anymore. Um, So like she goes off with these other kids. And so they have to like, they, they, there's like a 10 minute stretch in the middle here where they can't find one another. Um, and it's almost reminiscent of the way Halloween one works where they're wandering around in like suburbia, but it's like sort of a maze. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting. Um, but th- the part sort of passes quickly, but when it ends, like they have just found one another and they're standing in the middle of this street and Loomis comes up and then the sheriff comes up and then all of a sudden you look back and you see Michael behind them and Loomis is like, yes, that's, that's him. That's Michael. Everybody raises their guns and they're ready to shoot Michael. And then the sheriff looks and there's another guy in the same mask in another corner across the other side of the street. Yeah. And they turn around and there's another one over there on the other corner, like somewhere else. And they're all just standing there, like all in the same mask in the same suit. And like, it's this crazy moment where like, you're supposed to not know if one of them might be Michael. And of course it, very quickly becomes clear that none of them are Michael, not a single one of them, because one of them is like, don't shoot, don't shoot. And they all take off their masks and run away. And there's like so much to unpack there. Just like one, these people would like, it's only been 10 years. These 17, 18 year olds were fucking alive when Michael (laughs) killed 16 people. Why are you going around dressed like that? But you know, like people do that stuff. Like people dress up as horrible things for Halloween. So I guess it makes sense, but it's like, you're really putting yourself, you're really putting yourself on the chopping block. If you're going out dressed like that, like somebody's going to think that you're the real deal. I know that they didn't know that Michael was escaped at the time, but like you were literally setting yourself up to be murdered. Like, and that's like, but like, also like, I gotta say 10 years later, how the fuck is that mask on sale? Especially in Haddonfield. How the fuck did three people get it? How? How? How is that mask being produced? Apparently like, it's super popular, actually. Like, a lot of people want to dress up as Michael. I can guarantee you, if somebody wore that exact mask in the real world right now, killed 16 people in one night, would never be produced again. Ever. It would be pulled yeah. from shelves. You would never see it again on sale. It would be like a collector's item if you found it somewhere. Like, <laughs> Definitely. I mean, there, there is a difference. Like, people dress up as serial killers and stuff for Halloween, but there's a difference between, like, doing a costume and, like, literally wearing the exact same costume that they wore yeah. when they killed people on Halloween. Yes! <laughs> it's totally different. 100%. Like... It just like it's this completely crazy moment where it's like this, like, and like, especially in the town where it happened, like, that's what's crazy about it. Like, it's like we're in Haddonfield right now, like, we're not in Berkeley, California. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's the exact same town, exact same night, 10 years later. Maybe, maybe think twice. Oh, by the way, you're not gonna like this. We're over 30 minutes, so drink drink okay we're gonna die it's fine um so to also 
they, like a, another scene where people are clearly like losing their heads here. Um, after the cops all get killed, like a bunch of the like the good old boys in town decide to take it on themselves to hunt down Michael Myers. Oh, they do. <laughs> it's like all these guys hanging out of the bar just like go out and they dr- grab their guns and they're like, we're gonna go out looking for him. And they think they find him like hiding in the bushes somewhere. And so they like they all shoot repeatedly like many many times for like maybe like a full 20 to 30 seconds of screen time they're just shooting at these bushes and then they walk over there and it's just like some guy <laughs> yeah i they don't even i'm reflecting on that but they literally killed someone yeah they just like they just blew the shit out of this random guy just like annihilated him and then they're just kind of like oh okay <laughs> these guys are an actual nightmare the like we are like vigilante justice guys who run around like we're gonna get michael we you see who he killed last time we're not letting that happen again he killed one of my boys and it's like which one first of all but like okay we don't really see much of them after this they just sort of go away but they're involved in the climax heavily okay true yes so eventually uh the sheriff and loomis get to rachel and jamie and like convince them to barricade in their house to like hide from michael myers and they get like the remaining cops that they have to guard the house like several of them are inside and um this this is the point (laughs) where (laughs) it's awkward because she like Rachel is barricaded with her boyfriend and the girl from earlier. Yes. <laughs> who is so she, because she's the daughter of the sheriff. Uh, so like they do, they have that awkward conversation where it's like, Rachel, like you have to know what guys want. Yeah. It's terrible. It's an awful situation. I know Rachel can't help it, but like, what the fuck? But they're, they're stuck inside. And basically what happens is Michael does eventually show up. And that's because Michael hitched a ride with the deputy sheriff, basically. Like, the the other cop who's in the house. He lays down in the backseat of his car and rolls up to the to the <laughs> setting. Like, that's, that's just like a 900 IQ move right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, 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 oh, they'll take me right there. Yeah. And so Michael shows up and just, like, at one point, like, the girl who was sleeping with Rachel's boyfriend... It's like, I'm going to make coffee. And she makes instant coffee, which I got to tell you, sign of the times, because that's not how that works anymore. Nobody does that. Best Uh, part of waking up. You're my gift now. Um, (laughs) Oh, God, no. uh, (laughs) She like, she brings up again. Oh, yeah. Um, And she brings out the coffee and she's like, I thought you could use some coffee kind of boring just watching the door out here and then she looks and the cop has been like just like murdered and like bundled into a corner and michael just like impales her on a gun and like slams her into a door (laughs) and i'm like jesus christ um and then there's just like michael everywhere and michael is murdering everybody very capably yeah, I like when Brady tries to like fist fight Michael Myers. Um, <laughs> Brady being Rachel's boyfriend. And it's like on this landing of this stair in front of this massive window. And he's just like, I'm just going to punch Michael in the face. <laughs> That'll that, do it. 
They set this guy on fire, but I'll be able to punch him out. It's literally, it's insane. And what I don't even honestly, whatever Michael does to him, it's very unclear. He just like breaks his face, essentially. Yeah, I mean, he does do that sometimes, just sort of like crushes your skull. Yeah, Um, he just like picks Brady up and like clenches his fist and then his face is broken and he's dead. Like, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, also, I think at some point in here, I just wrote down Blonde Michael. There's a shot uh, somewhere, I think, in this part of the movie where you see Michael throw somebody and he has blonde hair. <laughs> Is that in this one? Did I thought that was in that? part... Um, I thought that was part five. I wrote it down for four. I believe you. I I definitely believe you. But like, apparently they had one with a blonde wig by mistake and they, you like, they didn't mean to use it during an actual shot and they did and they left it in. God, so, what a fucking nightmare. There's just a shot of a blonde Michael Myers for a moment here. In this that does movie. make sense. It's the part where, he, like, there's the parts here where he's, like, trying to, like, crawl his way up the stairs, and then he's on the roof, and, like, mm-hmm. everything's Drink happening again. so fastly. Uh, fastly. Um, fastly. Very fastly. Um, um, <laughs> but, so, what happens is they all, like, everybody dies except for the sheriff, Rachel, and Jamie. And the sheriff, I don't really know what happens to him. I honestly don't understand. But he's not dead because he shows up in later movies. So He survives for, like, the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know how he gets out of the house here because he was in the house at one point. But he's not involved here. Rachel and Jamie get out by crawl- going up to the attic and going out onto the roof. And there's this roof. And she's dead. And Jamie just sort of, like, runs away. Yeah. Um. It's very dramatic. And Jamie runs into Dr. Loomis, who takes her to the schoolhouse. And also, this is a very funny scene where Rachel's just like screaming and crying. And Loomis is like, where's the schoolhouse? Where's the the schoolhouse? The schoolhouse. (laughs) Damn it, Loomis. Why are we going into the schoolhouse? It's also like, it's 1988. Nobody says schoolhouse. Just say the fucking school. Where's your school? Where do you go to school? Like, Is this Saw 4? Do we have to have a scene in a schoolhouse? It's also like, is this Hocus Pocus? Like, (laughs) like, (laughs) Oh, that schoolhouse scene in Saw 4. Um, You thought we wouldn't work Saw 4 into this one, but we did. That's right. We're doing it. We're bringing Saw back. Um, and, And drink. Also, by the way, very unfortunately, um, I don't think we mentioned this on the pod before, but um, the the new Saw movie has been delayed as well. Jesus Christ. We are in mourning. Pour one out, y'all. We will get it one day. All right. So, okay. So the way, the reason it happens is ja- Jamie's like, I want to go home. And Loomis is like, no, we can't go home. That's the first place he'll go to find you. Um And so he's like, where's the schoolhouse? And so he takes her to the schoolhouse (laughs) and they're going to, they they go to the schoolhouse and it's just like the series of him, like trying to open doors that are all locked, which like, is already like, 
why? Like, I don't know. I've been in a school after hours and they don't lock the classroom doors. They just lock the outside door, but whatever. And so um, they can't get into any rooms. And then very quickly, <laughs> Loomis turns around and Michael is right there and throws them through a window. Like, it's yes. just like immediate. Like, I think that's actually the scene with the blonde Michael Myers as well. That probably is. And that makes sense. And it's also very funny because it's like, you said that Michael wouldn't find you here because he would go straight to your house, to her house. But this exact- he like immediately showed up to the school. Like <laughs> it hasn't even been five minutes that you've been in the school building and he is here, even though he just like got like injured, falling off a roof and appeared to be maybe dead. Like, Okay. Well, you know, um, Michael Myers found out where you were. Yeah. That's never happened before. It's just, like, extremely funny. And so, like, she's just, like, running around and, like... So then, like, Jamie's running and doesn't know what to do. And, okay, this is also a very funny continuity sequence because they're running down the hall and Loomis turns and Michael throws him through a window. Shots are close up. I don't like the camera angles, but you can tell it's all happening in one place. Jamie runs and gets to the end of the hall and just cowers beneath the door and is crying. Eventually she looks up and nobody's there. So she walks down the hall. And after a few minutes, she looks down a stairwell and up the stairs is Michael. Why is he upstairs suddenly? Why did he go up the fucking stairs? He knew where she was. They were on the same level the whole time. Why did he throw Loomis through a through a fucking window and then go upstairs? I don't understand. Like it makes no sense. There's like I and she just like runs and screams of course. Rachel shows up with a fire extinguisher and fucking sprays Michael with it and you just see like yeah. white fog everywhere and then all and it's like very confusing nothing makes any sense and then all of a sudden they're leaving michael has been really dismayed by this fire extinguisher for some reason even though he survived a fucking explosion and they go outside and it's like the whole people with their guns and they're just like oh uh we heard the siren so we showed up (laughs) oh the good old boys are here yeah (laughs) holding the cavalry (laughs) Uh, I guess they, yeah, they're good for them, though. They showed up. Then there's this whole chase scene where um, they, like, the the good old boys are trying to take Jamie and Rachel out of town uh, and meet up with the police. Uh, And in theory, you'd think, like, Once they get out of town, they're probably safe. I feel like Michael is, like, restricted to Haddonfield. (laughs) But, um... But we know he's not. He kills people on the way to Haddonfield every movie. I suppose so. Yeah. But, I don't know. I feel like, as they're also trying to get out of town, it's also, like, one of those things where you're like, we gotta get out of the, like the boundaries of this magical realm or something we're trying to like get beyond his reach like to yes. another part like because Haddonfield is like his haunting grounds um yeah in theory they're actually driving out of town to meet with the police but anyway they they drive out as they're they're driving out of town michael gets onto the truck 
and like just eviscerates the good old boys. It's like while ugly. the truck is driving. Yeah, they're stupid. Michael literally gets on the truck and takes them out one at a time without some of them noticing. Like, <laughs> drink. It's compl- It's crazy. Yeah. Um. I I don't know exactly how they managed to pull that off, but the the truck ends up in a ditch. There's like this whole uh face off between Michael and the police who show up. And um, Michael ends up like getting shot multiple times and falling into like a sinkhole, (laughs) which is like, it's like a visual interpretation of him, like going down to hell sort of, but you know, in reality, like he's definitely going to survive this despite getting shot. Yeah. It's actually supposed to be like a mine shaft. Um, Yeah. But that's, like, not clear. They don't make that clear. And before the movie ends, they're like, oh, he's dead. Right, he's yeah. gone. Yeah. It's, but, like, anyone anyone with any experience with Doc, uh, Michael Myers, especially Dr. Loomis, would probably conclude that he's still alive somehow. Dr. Loomis literally says in this movie, it's over. <laughs> he says, it's over. <laughs> It's like, come on, man. You've seen this so many times now. You know it's not over. To be fair, he's only seen it twice, maybe. Right. And that's well, that's separating movies one and two into two things, even though in this world it's really one thing. That's true. But he's also seen him like be shot so many times. Yes. And like you'd think at this point he'd be like, I want a confirmed kill. Like, yeah, you don't just want him. Oh, he fell down the shaft. There's no way he's still alive. But yeah. yeah, anyway, they think he's dead. He's basically dead, whatever. Everyone goes back to the home where Jamie and Rachel live. But there's a scene at the end where Jamie goes upstairs to where uh, her foster mom is drawing a bath and stabs her with scissors while wearing the same clown outfit as Michael Myers does. Yes. And everyone is just like shocked as she, she comes down the stairs holding these bloody scissors. Um, It's very reminiscent of Halloween one, the opening scene, obviously. And there's like clearly a sense that, there's something in Jamie that has uh, been influenced by Michael. Right. And drinking it. I mean, that's also sort of how the movie ends. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. It it's, it's cool. I think, I think it's interesting that like they're making this like a familial type thing. Like she's right. Kind of, carrying on this um thing like either through genetics or being influenced by hearing all about michael growing up maybe this is influenced her but it's kind of interesting i'll take it (laughs) it's it's a surprise ending to this film yeah of course we're saying that right before we talk about how part five actually goes but (laughs) part five 
I feel like just kind of throws all that out the window in a way. Yep, pretty much. Uh, drink again. But um, yeah, so far interesting. But overall, I'm like this movie. It's all right, but it's just kind of blah. You know, there's not. We just spent a lot of time talking about it. We so. did. We did. There's there's stuff to talk about certainly. With that. I think we can move on to Halloween five. The revenge of Michael Myers. Yes. It's the revenge for throwing him into a mine shaft. Yes. He needs revenge for that. Moving on to Halloween five, the revenge of Michael Myers. And here we go. So, um, this one picks up a year later after the events of Halloween four. Um, and of course it starts with like a really weird roughshod recap of what happens in Halloween four. Yeah, it does that. I hate that. It's strange. And I noticed this last night too, when I was watching uh, Hellraiser two it also begins with like a really weird rough recap of Hellraiser one. Yeah. It was a trend of like the slasher horror genre for like a while there where they would open with this weird re redo of everything that happened at the end of the last movie. I don't like it. I hated it. Yeah. It's like, I, I understand trying to get people like back on track, but it's so like, I prefer it to be worked into the story or to like have flashbacks at some point, but right. just showing like a bunch of quick cuts from the uh, previous movie, which is what they do in both of these films, is just it feels so like ham fisted, just crammed in there. But right. I guess it does the job if all you're looking to do is like come into this movie and be like, "What did I miss in part four? Because I didn't see it." Uh, it right. will technically fulfill that. So. Um, it starts off like that. We see Michael Myers fall down the mine shaft uh, like he did in part four. But then we see a little bit more. Um, we actually, this is like, this wasn't in part four, right? They throw dynamite down the shaft after him. No. Yeah. That was not, that was not in the movie. <laughs> Which is funny. Like, cause you think that that would be like a pretty big detail and you could still put that in four without revealing what happens in five, but okay, yes. whatever. So they throw dynamite down the shaft. You'd think that would kill him for sure. But then you also see he kind of escapes out the back of the shaft and winds up in a river, floats down the river and ends up at like this weird hermit's house. Yes. Or something. Um, by the way, this guy here is a major mood. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, as i was watching this i'm like this guy's me right now during quarantine yeah that's him uh he's me he's like he's living alone with his parrot and that's like it yes and he, he's also, just like he this... takes in a mass murder and he's like yeah okay, this is cool cool whatever it's all good um yeah michael like comes into his places like all ready to like stab him or attack him as like he always does, but he just sort of falls to the ground. So you see like a moment of vulnerability here from Michael Myers. He's, he's not able to kill someone that he's trying to kill. It's because uh, Halloween is over. 
It's, oh, yeah. it's like when the sun rises after Halloween, like you can't do it anymore. He's lost his powers. He's lost his powers because like he also then immediately goes into a quote unquote coma. Like he doesn't do anything for like a year. Yeah, he, he immediately falls into this coma again after having just been in a coma for 10 years and like being awake for like two days. He yeah. goes back into another coma for a year. And it's like, this movie is just doing the same thing that they did at the beginning of part four. Yeah, pretty much. So then we just get a flash forward to 1989. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is an inferior year. But, um, <laughs> but yes, we're October 30th, 1989. Uh, Michael wakes up and immediately kills this guy. Yeah, uh, he like immediately just like grabs this guy's head and smashes it. And I'm like, all right, well, he doesn't even need like a prompting like he did in the previous one where he found out that his niece was still alive. He just sort of senses that it's near Halloween. So I guess he's waking <laughs> up for that. He's I mean, like, to be oh. fair, he probably already knows his niece is still alive. He knows that. Yeah, I mean, because he didn't kill her in the last one. Right. So he's just like, oh boy, here I go killing again. Yep. Uh, wakes up, just kills the hermit. Yeah. So in the meantime, um, obviously he's going to go try to hunt down Jamie again. That's clearly yes. his mission. Um, Jamie, in the meantime, is in a psych ward, as would be expected after the, the previous events. She's like the new Michael Myers, I guess, because she killed someone. Um, but she, unlike Michael, who was like completely shut off from the world, like completely silent, wouldn't talk to anyone. She is like mostly normal, except she has these horrible nightmares, um, which are also apparently somewhat prophetic. Like she has like nightmares and seizures and stuff. And in the process of having these, she can sort of see what Michael is doing or thinking or what he's planning next. And um, that's going to be useful later. <laughs> and also she basically, she does not speak really at this point. No. She can sort of like, she can write things down. Eventually she can sort of like make out a word or two, but for the most part for like the first whole half of this film she doesn't say anything no um except she is having these like horrible nightmares right but she's not speaking words about what they are um yeah the speech thing is an interesting choice this movie made it didn't really try to explain why she couldn't talk and then why she decided to talk when she did yeah it's just like when she's like out like actively hunting Michael, suddenly she can talk again. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I don't know. Meanwhile, Michael's out and about. You know, he's killing again. The first person he kills is Rachel, uh, Jamie's sister, at the house. Um, he doesn't kill the dog right away. No, surprisingly. Uh, usually he's like right away ready to jump on that dog, but uh, he doesn't do that. There's a dog like barking guarding the house who was right. not there previously so i assume they got the dog as a response to what happened last time because i guess that makes sense 
last year (laughs) was probably pretty bad for them. But yeah, Rachel gets murdered. And um, he also tries to kill her friend, Tina, who shows up. But Jamie has like a premonition and they're able to warn her to get out of the house in time, which is like pretty surprising. Like she just totally gets away from Michael at this point. It's just like a weird experience where like Tina like is with her like terrible. Jamie's visions make no sense for like the entire like first stretch of this film. I mean, they never start making sense, but like. Here, they're, like, really being used and, like, are a plot element. And, like, she can see that something's happening with Rachel but can't stop it from happening. But then, like, she's like, oh, Tina, like, freaking the fuck out about Tina, who I guess she knows but has only met over the course of the past year because she didn't know her in the last movie. Yeah, Um, but they're, like, good friends now because, like, both of them visit her in the hospital at points early in the movie. Yes, and, like, she now can, like, drop in on, like, what's happening with Tina sometimes. Like, it's it's very, it's all very, I don't know. The Visions things are very confusing because she, like, can't talk but she can see what's going on with these other people and then she can just like hoarsely scream about them until suddenly she can talk like even when she starts talking it doesn't make sense like yeah she can get out like one word or like some sounds yeah not really any any solid uh sentences here this early part of the movie is like kind of like a little cat and mouse Loomis is trying to use Jamie's visions to stop Michael from killing people. And Michael is just obviously trying to hunt down Rachel and her friends and just get close to Jamie. Um, So (laughs) Rachel gets killed early on, but um, nobody seems to know that she's killed. They just assume like she's not coming out for Halloween night, something like she has to stay home. But um, Rachel's friends are goofy as hell. Uh, There's this other guy. There's another there's a guy named Michael, first of all, but they call him Mikey. Uh, He's the cool guy with the car. That don't impress me much. (laughs) Like, he is, like, legitimately the worst human in the first five Halloween movies. He is so insufferable. He wears his sunglasses. All he does is, like, clean his car and bitch at his girlfriend. Like, why do you exist? Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. He's Tina's boyfriend. And, uh, like, just all we see is him, like, polishing his car, like, really, really carefully. Um, and him and, like, that other guy, they both look like they're, like, in their 30s. And the girls are, like, yeah. teenagers. It's like, what's going on here? This is sketchy. So he gets killed pretty quickly um, by Michael. When yes. everyone else is off, um, Michael, Michael like, also uses a gardening tool to kill him. 
he uses this gardening tool to like first scratch up Mike's car. And he's like, hey, man. And he goes to like punch him. And then Michael just like drives the thing into his head. Yeah. Just completely yeah. murders him with like this little gardening rake. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, and then he uh, he gets in the car and he uses that later to impersonate the other Michael. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. Including he wears uh, this mask that Tina got for him. That's like this sort of ogre mask or something. Which might be the first time we've seen Michael wearing a different mask in this right. movie. But it's not the first time we've seen Michael disguising himself as someone else. It's very similar to uh, in the first movie when he disguises himself as the boyfriend with the sheet and the glasses on. Yeah, but I will say that like here, I gotta say, she should have known. Like he was acting weird, like real weird. And she yeah. was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, she gets in the car with him because she thinks, and like he's wearing like the barbarian mask or whatever. Uh, right. and she thinks it's him. And she says, like, oh, I just love barbaric men. <laughs> like, well, you're not going to love this one. He's a little Oops. too barbaric. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, fortunately, she's saved by another premonition of Jamie. When, uh, like, they're in the car together, they stop. She's going to go in to get some cigarettes. And Jamie can, like, see the store that they're at and gives the like information to Loomis through a couple of words she can get out and they call in the cops and the cops all like drive up at once it's like six cop cars they're like are you Tina whatever they're like get in the car <laughs> it was like oh my god like they're like yelling over the the car's loudspeaker as they're driving god. up like she's just like walking out of the convenience store <laughs> and of course like she looks over and the car is gone. Like Michael's driven off. Yeah. So it's like, huh, that's kind of suspicious. Why did Michael <laughs> drive off? Like, obviously that's not who you thought he was. <laughs> like he was acting suspicious the whole time. He wouldn't say anything. And he was like, he was acting like a jerk, which apparently she's used to, which is not a good sign. No, but like, this is like anyone should have been able to tell that this is not a normal interaction at this point. Oof. <laughs> but it's probably about time that we talk about the cops in this movie. Um, oh, God. The cops are at the same time, like insanely like over the top and militaristic <sighs> compared to the previous movies and also incredibly clownish and incompetent. So there's these two cops that show up multiple times in the movie before getting killed, obviously. Yeah. Um, but they're like treated as kind of the comic relief to the extent that when they're on the screen, the soundtrack just plays like random clown noises. Like horn it's horrible. It's like, I can't believe that got approved for this movie. <laughs> Like it just it makes no sense. It's the these completely non-diegetic uh sound effects, sound effects not taking place in the world of the film. 
but there's like there's no reason for them other than to punctuate the fact that these cops are idiots, which you can obviously see on the screen from the yeah. stuff that they're doing. There's we no don't need <laughs> extra reminders. And like, oh my gosh. Oh god, it's just like so embarrassing. <laughs> like who thinks that this is how you should make a movie? Yeah, I don't know. It it feels like a completely different kind of film in those moments. Yeah, it feels it's like, like it's like a Disney Channel original movie. Like you're like watching this movie where it's like, oh, here are these sound effects geared towards children. Like well, it feels like I'm watching like America's funniest home videos or something. Yeah. <laughs> like adding random sound effects to be funny. Um it's really strange. Um, and those particular cops end up getting killed later. Um, there's this whole weird scene where, again, somebody dresses up as Michael Myers at a Halloween party, <laughs> comes running out the door, like acting like they're going to stab someone. And then like the cops are like ready. They draw their guns and they're like, uh, uh, like ready to shoot, and then the guy's like, "Oh no, no, no! It's fine. It's just, uh, it's just me. I'm, uh, I'm not Michael." And it's like, "What the f like? <laughs> Are What's you wrong me? with people? Who does that? That doesn't make any sense. Who would ever do that?" But like, and the at this point, this isn't just a thing that happened one time. Like Michael came back last Halloween. <laughs> Why are you doing this again? And why are you actively like disguising your identity while acting like you're Michael Myers in front of the right. police? Yes. And so again, okay, again, they almost shoot the fake Michael, but they don't. Um, and then there's this whole scene with uh the the other 30-year-old boyfriend and his girlfriend, like having sex in a barn with a hayloft that's like right <laughs> there apparently uh and michael comes in and kills them all with like a pitchfork and yeah, that is how that goes and he like also that's where he he kills tina too in that same barn um well he doesn't kill tina in the barn okay well he well Right, okay, he's about to kill Tina. Anyway, so he kills them with the pitchfork. He also uses a scythe in this scene. He does use Which a scythe. is incredibly badass. Yeah, <laughs> I my... mean, you say he uses a scythe as though we don't have to first get through, like, this terrible sex scene, but, like, yeah, there's a terrible sex scene. The sex part. scene is so bad. I, I don't even want to think about it. It's, like... It's just, like, so bad. Like... It's really awkward looking, and, like... And also, guy... like... If you, like pulls like, out a condom and waggles it in the air like he does um there's no way it's pleasurable um yeah it's just like not good they're it's in really a bed good. of straw it seems like the most uncomfortable place so to horrible. try to have sex it does not seem good but no. yeah he he kills him using the pitchfork and the scythe the scythe i thought was really cool it's like he's the embodiment of death and he also swings it really nicely. Then he comes like out it. he comes out of the barn and he kills the two cops like sort of off screen because 
like he's walking towards them and they clearly think he's the guy from before yes because uh guess what it's not a good idea to run around in michael myers costume on halloween no it's shocking <laughs> either um... you're gonna get killed or you're gonna make the cops think that michael's not actually there but um so yeah but like he is like walking right up to them and then like he cuts away and then later when tina is like trying to get away from michael she runs back to the cops and they're just like sitting there dead in their car <laughs> by the way this was yep. after they were sitting in their car playing crazy eights yep. with what was clearly a children's car deck <laughs> uh God, these cops are just so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so they got murdered here, clearly. And then Tina also gets killed by Michael because the cops yeah. can't save her. Um, and then this is when Loomis finally convinces Jamie to like help him track down Michael Myers. The plan here is to go back to the abandoned Myers home, which I don't is know. It's a dumb, dumbass plan. Well, yes. First of all, it's a dumb plan. Second of all, how on earth is this home still standing? It's been 11 years. Okay. So many people have died in this Your home. Your question or... is how is it still standing? And not why when we see the attic, is it full of like paraphernalia and like, like he's clearly like been living. There's like a, a claw footed bathtub up here. There's like photos. It's like, how you haven't been here. Like you've been in like a mental institution and then you got, you like escaped and then you tried to kill people and went into a mine shaft and then just woke up. When did you decorate this? When did you do this attic up? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. The house is like crazy. And also it seems like a completely different house from the ones we saw in one and two. Like it's a much taller house. It's like an old Victorian house. There's... Yeah, I'll understand that, like, nobody, like, nobody's kept it up. Like, you know, like, so, like, we didn't see some rooms, and some of the rooms look, like, totally different. I can sort of get behind that. I suppose. There's also a very prominent uh, laundry chute, which is used later in the film. Yeah, the um, laundry chute is a whole thing. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I don't know why this house is still standing. You think somebody would have bulldozed it by now because yes. the thing is clearly cursed. Nobody's ever going to want to live there. No. Um, yeah. So, but they go there. Uh, they're trying to stake out Michael with the police. Um, they've got like Loomis hiding in the closet and like a cop with Jamie upstairs and they're trying to lure him in there. And it does not go well. No, and it's like the dumbest fucking plan to begin with. The whole thing is stupid. Like, I mean, of course it doesn't go well. I'm going to talk about what happens when it doesn't go well. But, like, the whole plan was to use, like, Jamie as bait. And Jamie doesn't seem to really know what's going on. And, like, <laughs> it's Michael Myers? So you thought that, like, 
this like baiting plan would work. That seems to be like a huge mistake that nobody like <laughs> nobody who's tried to fight Michael Myers would think of. To like, like, yes, let's get him here. We're gonna get the drop on him because there's no way he's gonna see this coming. God. Uh, n- they don't even have anything like particularly smart planned when he shows up. Uh, I mean, there is a little something that Loomis has planned, but it seems like the plan was never like <laughs> set up in a way that nobody was going to die from this. <laughs> so when Michael shows up, like he, the, the cop who has Jamie with him, they, they try to escape out the window using like this rope ladder. And he ends up, Michael ends up hanging the cop with the rope ladder out the window. Yeah. Um, which is like, it's the classic Michael Myers, like, you know, use what you have on hand type thing there. Um, yeah. Pretty extreme. Jamie's like running around on her own at this point, running through the house. She ends up in the attic. There's like all the dead people who've been like murdered are up there. Um, like Rachel's up there. Um, who else is up in that attic? There's like multiple bodies in that attic. Uh, oh, Mike, Mike is up there. I was gonna say Mike, Mike is up there noticeably because um <laughs> she like screams about seeing he's got blood just like pouring down his face. She's like she's not having it, she's screaming. That I mean, I understand why she's not having it, and I also understand that like he's bleeding. Um, why did he bring the body of him here and set it up to be like a fear trap? Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's weird. It's like, I feel like this whole thing in the attic is like supposed to be kind of intimidating, which is not really the Michael Myers MO all the time. Like he just sort of wants to kill people. He's not really all in for the scares, you know? Right. He he doesn't he doesn't ever seem to really care about what happens to people once they're dead. He just sort of leaves them wherever they are. But uh, this scene is like very particular because the dead bodies are up there, and then there's this open coffin in there with yeah. the, the pic. There's like a picture of Jamie in there it's in the so coffin weird. or something. Yeah, it's like set up like ready for her funeral or something, which is weird because then she hi- tries to hide in the coffin as Michael's coming up um, and uh, it doesn't work out, <laughs> but like you think obviously he's going to expect her in there. Right. So, but there's this great moment when she's in the coffin and like Michael's about to stab her. She's like, uncle, please don't. And like, she even like, like gets him to take off his mask, which Okay, it would be like a very big dramatic moment if we didn't already see him without his mask on in the scene with the hermit earlier in the movie. (laughs) Like, I thought that was so surprising. Like, it showed him completely without his mask. Like, yeah, he was in the... Oh, drink. We're already over. It showed him completely without his mask. Yeah, he was in the background. But you could see his face. And you could right. also you could see that his face was not like scarred or burned in any way whatsoever. He was just like right. a normal looking guy. 
But yeah. anyway, in this scene, like he takes the mask off. You can sort of just see his face in shadow, but you can see him shed a tear, which is like completely out of character for Michael Myers. Yes. Yeah. I don't know whether I like it or not because it's like Michael's never supposed to show any emotion, but also if there was ever a time for him to show emotion, it would be in this moment. Cause like, she's actually like trying to appeal to whatever sense of humanity there might be there. And she's like appealing to him as a family member. And this is literally a child who's related to him begging for her life. Right. (laughs) Uh, But that doesn't last very long. He, he continues chasing after her. Um, (laughs) He traps her in this, um, this laundry chute, which is great. Like she goes down to try to hide in there. She thinks she can like hang down so she doesn't have to go all the way in the chute. But he like immediately finds out that she's in there and starts stabbing around. So she has to let go and like fall the way down to the bottom. Then he goes down to the basement and starts trying to stab her from the bottom, like stabbing through the bottom of the shaft. So she starts climbing up again. It's a really, it's a good scene. That was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Cause it like, there was so much tension. It was like a clever way of using the environment. I thought that was great. Yeah. Oh, and drink again. <laughs> so um, Loomis was in the closet hiding for a while. He got kind of separated from this whole chase scene that happened. But he shows up on the ground floor of this house. And he shows up like right next to Michael Myers as he's sure. chasing after um, Jamie. And it's this really weird scene. <laughs> Where they're just like both right there, and like that, neither of them is really attacking the other. It's just like he's right there. Doctor Loomis in this latter half of the movie is absolutely insane. So I wrote, I wrote several things that he does that is crazy in this part of the movie. Uh, he pulls guns on the cops, <laughs> and my point in this, he does pull a gun on a cop. To get him to follow yeah. his plan. Um, he casually just chats with Michael Myers in this scene. Like they're just like hanging out. Yeah. And there's also a part where he just straight. Oh, drink again. There's also a part where he just straight up offers Jamie to Michael. <laughs> He's like using her as bait. And he's just like, here, Michael, this is what you want. <laughs> he's like absolutely twisted. Um, and it, it turns out to be a ploy, of course, because um, he like comes forward and Loomis drops a net on him, which like who knows how he got that figured out when, when he set that up. Uh, but he like shoots him with a tranquilizer dart and hits him with a board a bunch of times until he beats him into submission. And then Michael gets arrested. Is wait, drink drink again. Uh. Is this the only movie where Michael Myers actually gets arrested? It's certainly uh. the first so far. Yeah, I guess so. Like it, le- it at least doesn't work any other time he's been arrested. 
it's just so weird to see like at the end of this film like so far like movies have ended with him getting shot six times and flying off the second floor of a building and crashing to the ground and then running off and him being set on fire and then him falling down a mine shaft after being shot multiple times and then presumably having dynamite thrown after him this one he (laughs) gets beaten down and then he gets arrested like there's actually a scene of them like with michael myers in a holding cell which is just it's such a weird (laughs) moment in a movie it's like (laughs) have you seen what's going on just kill him like anyone with any sense i don't care what the laws are at this point this man is like an unstoppable machine there's gotta be like a oops i thought he was holding a gun or something like that (laughs) right it's crazy so they arrest him and they're like getting ready to uh to take like the national guard is going to show up and take him to like a supermax prison and uh jamie is uh taken home but this mysterious man in black shows up (laughs) this man who we were given a just a brief glimpse of earlier in the movie um like you get to see his shoes coming off a bus um and then you don't get to see much of him here either right you just get to see like more of his shoes. Like, you never see his face, certainly. Yes. Uh, but he it's mostly the shoes. Like yeah. the shoes are big. Um does he have the the thorn symbol on him? On him? So, I don't remember. I can't remember about that one. Um sir? but he I mean, we'll find out in the next movie, but he like knows what that means. So yeah. And several times in this movie, for the first time, we're shown like a tattoo on Michael's wrist that's like a Celtic thorn symbol or something. Mm-hmm. Not much is, nothing is explained about it, but um, we're given the idea that it means something. Yeah, uh, but this guy times. shows up, uh, just like guns down all the police officers, like blows up the prison cell. And when like Jamie comes back inside and sees like this exploded prison cell and uh, Michael is gone. (laughs) So yeah, just got away again. This time it goes not too much difficulty. Um, He didn't even have to survive death this time around. Um, Yeah. I, I don't know about this one. <laughs> this is what, like, I feel like the series is starting to, like, take a really weird turn and not necessarily in a good way. Um, we should drink again. But, you know, like, the last one, the last one I felt like, and we, we can stop here and just discuss the series generally. Um, the last one I felt like, was not the most well made, but like it was interesting them introducing this niece character, and um, it was interesting like setting her up to be like sort of a follower in the footsteps of Michael. But it also feels like they sort of threw a lot of that out of the 
window for this one. Like they did away with any sense that she might have similar urges and they uh, introduced the whole visions thing as an alternative to that. Yeah. So they very clearly got rid of any idea that she might be the next Michael. Like she's very clearly not, not violent here. Um, I, yeah, I think that was silly. I think it was, I mean, I think it was a cop out. I also think that it was like, it just felt like, like there was so much interesting potential to go down with that route. And they did not, I don't know. That's like kind of a bummer. And and I feel like lots of, I don't want to say lots of, but like a lot of horror movies have sort of done like this sort of thing where it's like, oh, we have an apprentice set up or we have like the next person who's going to do that set up and they just never do it. I know Amanda I, apprentice made me think of fucking jigsaw. Um, We're back folks. Um, drink for all saw references. Ah, um, you know, it just feels like, I don't know. It just feels like a waste. Like, and I think, I think what bothers me about it is that I think that there are franchises that do well with just, having bad characters movie to movie, but having decent villains. Um, I think, I think Friday the 13th has sort of like mastered that by this point, you know, mm-hmm. like in, in, in like slasher trajectory and like Halloween has not picked like, I don't know. Like it just seems like they like, they have Rachel in part four, who's like, I think she's actually like kind of interesting to watch. Like, you know, she had this conflict in the first movie where she was a girl who wanted to please her like boyfriend and be attractive to boys and like, right. but also wanted to be her own person. Like that was like her whole conflict in part yeah. four. Yeah. That was, and it was, it, just, it made her interesting. And then in this movie, they kill her off immediately and move on to other characters who are, I like Tina. I think Tina's like a fun character to follow. I yeah, I have she's no, fun. she's yeah, cool. I, she's like, I have no like begrudging friend like they kind of have in the first Halloween movie, right? But they also, first of all, they kill Tina, so doesn't matter. Second of right. all, like. I don't know, like, why did they build Rachel up for a whole movie and then kill her in such a, like, whatever way in this movie when it's like, you could have built her up and, like, I don't know, like, I know this movie came out when it did, but, like, it wasn't much longer before, like, Scream realized, like, you make a character the same, like, make a lead for a whole slasher. You can have a lead for slasher movies and still have them be slasher movies. You can do right. that. And it's going to be okay. Like, Nev Campbell has been in, like, every Scream movie and hasn't died, and it's still been very good. Like, yeah, you know? So, well, like, if they stuck it, with Laurie Strode, they could have had that. Yeah, I mean, but, like, that's, like, some of it is you have to realize that, like, maybe Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't want to be in every single movie. And yeah. that's fine. That's totally fine. But, like, we know from, like, historical records and interviews that, like, Ellie Cornish wanted to be more in part five of Halloween. So why not let her? Like, 
she didn't need to be the first death. There was no yeah. reason for that. That that didn't need to happen. And like, it didn't help the movie that she died so early. Like, I I think the movie would have been better if like half of the movie, if Tina had died early in her place and then Rachel had been the one running around in the latter half and died later on, that would have been better. Like, yeah. So like, why did we like it doesn't really mean thematically from a character standpoint like none of it and like i think to me it just like leads like to this like this overall like sloppiness to how they're made at this point they're like they're not really being thought about when they're being made yeah i mean it it, it sucks when you like have characters that you uh care about and then they're taken out of the movie and then it's like well now who do i care about I do think Jamie is a good character and it's it's really it is terrifying to see a child go up against Michael Myers and to see her have to fight against him and I think she does really well. I think she's an interesting character, but we do lose Jamie is so my problem with Jamie is that I think that and I do like Jamie. I like Jamie as a lot. Um and that's why I like 4 and 5 more than a lot of people that I know like I know a lot of people who don't like four and five at all and that's because I think that Jamie is an interesting character and I think that there's a lot of interesting elements to what they're doing here but I think that like especially in five like I think they mishandle a lot of Jamie's character in part five um I don't I don't know like the the sudden like half of the movie where she doesn't have a voice it will never i like they don't really explain why they don't like is it because she's traumatized by the michael experience i i don't know like why don't you explain to me why she doesn't speak like maybe people can relate more and i just feel like they botch a lot of like what they could do with the young victim character um yeah that's kind of frustrating like because it's like there is a lot of interesting stuff you could do there because it's inherently scarier when it's like a nine-year-old facing off against like pure evil you yeah. know i don't know like this guy will kill jamie and like the the launcher shoot at the end like you know that he's willing to do it if he gets his chance he's gonna kill her and so like it's not that like there are no stakes, but it's sort of like there are no stakes half the time, you know? Um, right. And um, that's kind of the prop. Like a lot of slashers are like that. I, and so I don't want to like, single out Halloween for it, but like there have been a lot of slashers and especially in this era in like the eighties that, Managed to be like, oh, this is your main character. They're not going to die. And then they kill character for a good. Uh, we even did that sort of by bringing Rachel back, like, <laughs> and then killing her so early yeah. on. It's like, uh, remember that character you like dead. Yeah. Bye. Um, they didn't. I don't really think they did it that well because they like replaced her with Tina, who's fun to watch but not necessarily like emotionally interesting like yeah. 
right. um <laughs> not rooting for her in the same way that you are yeah. for Lori or for rachel yeah um and so i i just feel like there's like a fundamental misinterest in what draws viewers at this point in the franchise like they they think that it's just like about like not even shock kills but like just like people dying like and it's like that's yeah. not really what makes people watch like yes i watch a slasher because it's like i'm gonna see people like stabbed in the nose and like that's not something <laughs> you know like that's funny and it's interesting but like i also like i want to watch a person go through something like yeah I don't know, like, like real like fighting up against evil like trials and yeah. tribulations all that it's not interesting when like part five is like the character who's like faced off against michael and fucking won like rachel won and like she won after overcoming like you know however small it was this like weird thing where she thought she needed to be a certain person to like have a boyfriend and then like she overcame that and then beat michael that's like thematically that means something like yeah. and then like she comes back into this movie and dies immediately and we have to watch her her best friend who like is fun to watch but like is much more willing to just like appease boys and like be like oh he is just weird and like is an <laughs> asshole all the time but like whatever <laughs> like that's what he is so i i like it it's, and it's just like, as disappointing as paxton getting killed off at the beginning of hostel 2 <laughs> um you're right um, <laughs> um it just seems like it just seems like they lost something here like that like nobody watches these movies just for the murders like People also want to well, like some do, some do. Let's some be do, but like most people watch these movies like to think like there will at least be like slightly entertaining characters. Yeah. Like, I don't you, even think the kills were necessarily that interesting in this one, or they weren't for particularly. So. Like I don't know the the most interesting kill that I noticed out of these two is that when Michael gets a gun in part four. He doesn't use it to shoot. He uses it to like clobber. Yes. <laughs> so like he he's like Batman and like he won't shoot someone with a gun. Not quite like Batman because Batman won't shoot someone because Batman won't kill. That's his yeah. thing. But you know. <laughs> but you know. Michael it, will kill. Not but, quite. You know. <laughs> he, will, he will kill. It um, turns out. He'll kill quite a few times. But overall not my favorite installments so far but i am still like these this is my first exposure to these two movies um this is the first time i've seen i, I mean i feel like i've seen one of the later ones uh but i definitely haven't seen these ones before have so, you never seen i really can't believe you've never seen h2o but we'll see when we get i might have seen h2o i know i've seen one of the later ones and i think it's a weird one like that uh, and obviously I've seen like the Rob Zombie ones, but, um, yeah, yeah. those are different but, though. The Rob Zombie ones my... are like very different. Yes, obviously. Uh, but this is my first exposure to these films in particular. I'm not the biggest fan, but it's kind of interesting. I kind of like, I like Jamie's character. I like Rachel's character. I kind of like what they did in part one. 
not part one, part four with uh, Jamie possibly being like the heir to the throne. And then in this one with this like mysterious man in black at the end who I have a feeling is going to have uh, some more relevance going forward. But okay. um, but like the way they set him up in this one is fucking ridiculous. It's it's silly. Like they don't do enough. They like he's barely. Uh, yeah, in the film. you think he's like, barely in the film, and he's like a Deus Ex Machina at the end, basically. Um, but I don't know. There's some interesting ideas here. I'll say that it, it's not just a straightforward stupid slasher. There's some cool stuff going on. It's still Halloween. I mean, yeah, it's still Michael Myers killing people. All right. Oh, one last thing I wanted to touch on before we close out. Um, I didn't like the opening sequences for either one of these. Um, the first one, at part uh, Halloween 4, it's just like it's mostly silent. And it's just like these random shots of the countryside at Halloween. Like you'll get some slight Halloween decorations and like a scarecrow or two, but it's mostly like just shots of the countryside and houses and stuff like that. And it's like, it's scenic, but it doesn't do anything close to like building the mood. Like the first three movies did even, you know, Halloween three, which was disconnected from the Michael Myers saga, had an incredible opening sequence that actually tied in thematically with the other movies. Right. Um, and four, five kind of tries to bring it back. Um, but in like a really weird way, like it's like, it's mostly dark and they'll be like showing the titles and there'll be like these quick flashes of movement that jut in every time, uh, every now and then. And eventually you come to realize that it's like a knife, making a jack-o'-lantern but you don't ever really get to see much of the pumpkin or the knife or anything it's just mostly movement and quick flashes and it's like i don't know like it feels like it's trying too hard to be edgy and it's not really building the mood properly and like i don't even remember if there's music in that scene but if there is it isn't the halloween theme and it's not good it's definitely Um, not there is music it's not not the halloween theme it's just kind of like ambient synths or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, not particularly good. It's it it feels kind of like both of these feel like a miss, especially when the first three were so like thematically tied in. Like, you know, you've got the jack-o'-lantern, you've got the theme, you've got like the slow zoom going on. And even in Halloween three, which was a completely different movie, they still managed to tie it into the franchise through using that opening sequence. So it feels like a missed opportunity for these two, but I don't know. I am a big fan of Halloween opening sequences. These ones felt like a miss. I mean, you're saying you're a big fan of Halloween opening sequences. I think you mean you're a big fan of what you think the Halloween opening sequences. <laughs> Maybe are. I'm just a big fan of the first three. I don't know. Right. I think that you don't realize that there's more to Halloween than the first three. <laughs> um, we're about but, to find well, out. <laughs> well, I was going to say we're going to get to it as we keep going. So I'm not going to say anything. Um, <laughs> I think that. The reality is that Halloween is one of the more mediocre of the franchises. So, oof, oh, 
That's hard. It it's hard. It's hard here because the it, first one I feel like is one of the best. I was gonna say it just so happens that the first one is pretty much the best. Like, like there's nothing better than the first Halloween. Like, it's a classic. It's iconic. It changed horror forever. It is perfectly shot, written, directed, acted. Like everything about it is perfect, basically. But nothing since then has lived up to it. I will say, I think the Rob Zombie ones are really, really, really good. So we'll yeah. see when we get there. I think I, like I think the that Rob I think that those are like a different breed. But I think that like these movies that are trying to live up to the shadow of like what the original Halloween cast like that's just not going to work. And so I think that once you get to Rob Zombie, where things are trying to be different that's when things get good again because you just you can't live up to what halloween yeah. 1978 did you can't do it that's not gonna Rob work zombie tries to do like his own style completely doesn't really yep. try to follow in anyone's footsteps and i think it works really well and we will definitely get to that i'm looking forward to it yeah me too we've got several more films to go so yeah. we'll got a few how this goes. <laughs> all right um well we hope you're hanging in there. We hope that you found your own films to get you through this. We're going to be doing the Halloween films. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, if you have any suggestions for us for what to watch during this quarantine, uh, you can hit us up on social media at buzzedonmovies at gmail.com. Uh, wait, no. Hit us up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can, <laughs> that, you can email us. That's fine. You can hit us up on social media. Uh, we're at buzzed on movies at Twitter. Uh, we're also, you can also reach us by email buzzed on movies at gmail.com. Um, and as always, you can find this podcast on all the major platforms. We're on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify podcasts, uh, subscribe, leave us a review. We always love to hear feedback and um, yeah, just let us know what you think. Let us know what you're watching and what you'd like us to watch. And as always, we'll see you at the movies one day. Yeah. I don't, I don't know when that day is, but uh, someday, someday you jellical fucks. We'll see you there. <laughs>